everybody. Welcome back to Behind the Books, a podcast for writers by writers. I'm Larissa. And I'm LJ. This week, we're bringing back a list reminiscent of our trope episodes last summer. Today is all about genres. And there are a lot more than you'd think, including subgenres. It's time to look at the finer details of what each one includes. You can follow us on Instagram at alerissagalt.author and l.j.elizabeth. This episode contains profanity. Man, I am not used to that new username yet. I haven't even been active. <laughs> I haven't been active on social media in like a month and a half, so I haven't even had any like practice with it. Yeah, you gotta pass. Yeah, thank you. Anyway, how's it going? How are you doing? I probably just about as well as you are, honestly, <laughs> with school and classes and, and everything. If you um, can't pick up the context clues, my dear listeners, we are not doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> dear listeners. Leave me alone. I'm you fully, I'm fully de- developing my podcasting identity, you know? <laughs> I'm a podcaster. <laughs> I gotta treat it like that. <laughs> Stop. That's so funny. Oh, but yeah, it's it's been a, it's been a bit, but I'm hoping things start to clear up soon. Hopefully, potentially, I don't know. We'll see. At least on my end, I don't know about you, but yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton of homework. Like, it's not like the school load that's the you know the big thing. It's just like combined with everything else that I have to do. Yeah, everything else I want to do because somehow even if I'm not writing a lot for fun even if i'm not doing all of those things that i want to be doing the pressure of wanting to do it is a pressure in itself and it's like it's so paradoxical paradoxical whatever it's a paradox <laughs> of like not doing it because you don't have enough time but because you want to do it so badly it consumes your brain enough that you feel like like the stress of like actually doing it even though you're not yeah I'm sure I'm not the first person in the world who has felt that way, but... Oh, for sure. I am aware of it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, 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 a, it's a life. It's a living. That's a... Uh... Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> yep. But we've got, we've got some fun stuff to talk about today. Yeah. It's very, like, educational, if you will. I mean, we're always going to have fun, so... Of course. It's us. Not a problem. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, today we're talking about genres, and which is not mm-hmm. necessarily a confusing topic for anybody because genres are very involved in pretty much any form of media. But we will be talking specifically about book genres because we are a writing writing podcast. So, but they are applicable to multiple things, and just kind of like what what genres are used for. So, like, what's what like what's going on with them? How how do we use them besides? I guess identifying books, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about that when we get to historical stuff because I had a conversation about, you know, what really is classified under certain genres. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's important to know as writers, not just as it forms our own writing, but um, like if we want to publish things, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's important to know what's typical, what's not typical, what's expected of different works in different genres because like it or not it's an industry that you have to um go along with the flow for Mm -hmm. for most of it i will be shooting myself in the foot 
as we continue further as we discuss this. <laughs> but if you go against the flow, you have to assume the risks. Um, and I have assumed the risks, so mm. I'm all good. The question is whether you are ready to deal with the consequences of going against the major flow mm. of an entire industry that, yeah, you know, <laughs> is run by these three, four, or five main corporations that doesn't take change very easily at all. Yeah. That's what today's all about. Yeah. I am historically, or notoriously, whichever you want to pick, awful at naming genres. Uh, so <laughs> I gave Larissa, I didn't, I didn't give her, she took it on herself, but she had the super hard work of listing out all of the genres that we're going to talk about on our script today, <laughs> and I did nothing. <laughs> uh, there were a lot more that. genres than I thought. No, there's Actually, a ton. Like, when I went to, I'm not going to lie, guys, I just Googled it and then wrote down what I wanted to write down from the articles I read. <laughs> um, I mean, that's what research is, so whatever. Um, but... <laughs> Oh, I lost the. <laughs> Where did it go? That's okay. If you if you remember it, we can get we can come back to it. Oh well, I'm drinking coffee right now, guys, but it's not really doing anything. So, yeah, everybody yell at Larissa because she's drinking coffee at six o'clock. Um, but it's no, five o'clock. Five thirty. Excuse me. I can't read time or do time conversions. Anyway, still five thirty. <laughs> get it together. Still. <laughs> That's so that's so late. But yeah, no, I sue me. I almost had a coffee myself, but it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Anyway, anywho. I mean genres are super important for all of your books, and if you decide to either follow what the industry standards are, or like Larissa will soon talk about, you know, going against the flow, against the grain, like either way, your books will have a genre. Um yeah. And the books that you read have genres, and then it's up to you to decide what you like, what you like to write, what you like to read, and what like, you know, types of genres interest you and what will best fit or best not fit if you're going in a little different than you're writing. Exactly. And it's really easy to find that out, not just by writing a lot, but by reading a lot. And it's like the token piece of advice, right? When people, you know, are like, what's the best advice for new writers? Everyone's always like, read as much as you can. Yeah. You know, and so especially when talking about this, if you hear us talking about a certain genre and you think your writing fits that, and you don't want it to fit that, or maybe you do want it to and it doesn't right now, um, you know, Google, like, the most popular books in that genre in the last five or ten years, right? Look at what books have been adapted to movies, TV shows, whatever, and just dive in there. Read what they do, find the dots that they, uh, you know, are connected through. And, you know, that's, that's what we talk about when we say, um, you know, what's typical genre yeah is what everyone's doing well i'm gonna lead into a quick caveat we are primarily okay. focusing on fiction genres where yes. there's there's a whole other there's whole other stuff that you can get into with non-fiction other forms so there's a giant list of non-fiction yeah and, and, and <laughs> we, don't have, we don't have enough time in a day to cover that stuff so we're gonna be focusing on fiction um for and like larissa mentioned we are not even getting close to touching all of them so we are nope. we're, we're trying to get some broad ones and a, a little bit of some more in-depth ones but these are kind of what i believe is the main like you you know everybody kind of knows these types yeah, of things so yeah, we're big missing things and i mean let us know what your favorite drama is if it's not on the list that we talked about because like there's always more that we could be looking about and learning into because i i just into science fiction i had just scrolled through another list online and i found out there's a whole genre called space westerns 
Really? So now I want to well, write... Well, I mean, I've, I've heard of a space western, but I've never... I, that's a genre. That's like, a genre. So now I oh want to write gosh. a space western. But you we need to write a space western. <laughs> we do not have space westerns on this list. So anyway, like we said, we can continue well, it's into an science mention. fiction. Yeah. Let's, let's do that. So science fiction is a huge one. Oh, yeah. I think it's one of the biggest fiction genres out there. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's... When you, well, okay, this is, this isn't political. I think it's just human that certain genders gravitate to different genres because of the the stereotypes that they have. But I think science fiction is very evenly balanced. Fair. And I think that's why it's like one of the biggest ones. That's just personal opinion. I think a lot of people diss on fantasy or romance because mostly women, you know, like it. (laughs) (laughs) simple same with historical fiction especially if it's really romantic anyway that but that's my two cents <laughs> I you can tell us what science fiction is you want to tell us uh, for sure <laughs> science fiction is science <laughs> and fiction <laughs> no it's i mean it is it is very that's very based on the title i think science fiction is one of those ones that has a lot of subgenres to it as well because you can have science fiction that's taken that's that has a location of like in space or it's science fiction because of the like the, some of the aspects of the plot, and it like could still be taken on an Earth or yeah. an Earth adjacent type place, and then it's science fiction because of the elements, because of the plot, because of some you know actions of care or not actions, but um objects or whatnot. So science fiction is pretty broad as a definition, but uh, it's yeah, because I mean you have Star Wars level stuff exactly, which is space, space. And then you have, like, superpowers, like uh-huh. Marvel. Yeah. My personal rule is if the magic can be explained in the fictional universe by science, it's sci-fi. And I think like, that's a it looks like magic, rule. but it's science-based, then it's sci-fi, it's not magic. Yeah. It's superpowers, not magical powers. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's kind of... I, I actually, I actually I like it. that a lot, because that's... That, mm, I kind of like that a lot. And uh, again, not every case, this is Larissa's rule, but, like... I think that's a pretty, I think that rounds it up pretty well. I don't think it's a very controversial statement. No, so. no, 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 But it's, I mean, science fiction I mean, my in general like is, is pretty similar to fantasy, but just like, just built on science. So mm. I, I think Marvel was a good example. Um, obviously, if you're in space, it's pretty, pretty much going to be a science fiction. But like, again, not always, I guess, all that stuff. So, and your books are science fiction. Yeah. Or you call them science fiction is the yeah i do i do yeah i mean science fiction does tend to like cohabitate with dystopian like with what you're saying like if it occurs in space like it's probably science fiction but it could also be very dystopian exactly and we're gonna talk about what the difference is between them because i think a lot of people get confused but that's a bit later uh yeah my books are action and romance but enough of the characters lives and plots revolve around sci-fi that People who don't like sci-fi wouldn't like my books. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what's the biggest, like the highest level that you can take, the biggest picture, there's sci-fi. Yeah. Right? Because the entire plot is based off of these kids that have superpowers and the spy organization that manipulates them because of that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it could be a little dystopian if it occurred in the future, by a long ways, if there's more of that element. Um, I do have a very Ivankov-esque 
dystopian novel idea Ooh. out there. So I do recognize the dystopian potential mm-hmm. in uh, experimentation on minors. So, you know, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. there's that. <clears throat> but there's a lot of action and romance in there, too. So yeah. I, I tread lightly with the word sci-fi. Um, action adventure is more applicable to the everyday page turn yeah in the books i think but. i think sci-fi is very can can be looped inside of you know how fantasy has like high fantasy and low fantasy depending on the level yes. of that i think sci-fi yeah. it's not very common but i think sci-fi can fall into that same concept of like it's low sci-fi that would make where, sense where you know it's uh, again kind of maybe earth adjacent but there's scientific explanation for things or like magical powers that are science and then high sci-fi which is you know space <laughs> <laughs> space laser guns yes. pew 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 all that fun stuff um, star wars did you say star laser Trek. guns or lights and guns i said laser guns pew, pew, okay pew, that's pew, what i thought you said <laughs> well i mean lights and guns pew, works pew. too but um laser guns. guns so i i think i think my personal opinion is i think sci-fi could fall into that like that the, the spectrum yeah, of definitely. how sci-fi-y it is which i mean that could bring us right into fantasy yeah, uh, I mean, we have an order of our list, guys, but it's not like it. we're ranking them. No. <laughs> so it's not like we're ranking them in any way. But but yeah, fantasy, it, it also has a ton of subgenres. We can also cohabitate with um, many other genres, but it's mostly magic, right? Supernatural influence of some kind could be mythology, could be folklore. A lot of Disney stuff is fantasy, not mm-hmm. just because of magic, but yeah. because, you know, the myth presence and the folklore presence. Um, of history, right? Of culture. Um, Frozen is a great example of that because it draws on a lot of Norse mythology, mm-hmm. but it's magic. So, yeah. you know, it works. But fantasy, like, you have so many different flavors. Oh, you yeah. You have The Hobbit, you have Lord of the Rings, which is like super, super dense, right? High fantasy. Then you have Chronicles of Narnia, which is like right in the middle because. Technically, the difference between high and low fantasy is that high fantasy, last I checked, so I could be wrong, but last I checked, high fantasy is, like, where the entire universe, like, all that fantasy stuff is normal, that's the world, but low fantasy is when there's some, like, crossover between the two, Mm. so literally speaking, that's how Narnia works, is that, like, it's the normal world, but then they cross over into a fantasy world. Gotcha. That makes sense. So, literally speaking, there's, there's, it's not a black and white issue. Yeah. High, high and low, low fantasy. fantasy, I think it's very subjective to the author or the person who's describing it. Because there's some person, yeah. there's somebody who could call something high fantasy, but then to another reader, that's pretty low fantasy compared to other things they read. So that's, there's not any official definitions right. to higher low fantasy. And it's yeah. real, real subjective. But the concept still yeah. stands. In my brain, like, Tolkien, definitely high fantasy author, uh, Sanderson. Does he do fantasy or is this sci-fi? Uh, both, I think. Brandon Sanderson? Yeah, he does both. Well, if Brandon Sanderson is writing fantasy, then it's, you know, it's it's high fantasy. Sarah yeah. Day Moss, as much as I dislike her, does high <laughs> fantasy. Um, I have to mention her, even if I don't like her. Um, I am scrambling for low fantasy yeah. uh, books, though. Like, I, I can't, I, I'm, I'm well, struggling I, to think Lewis of Lewis qualifies, but other than that... You know what's interesting? We're going to talk about it later um, because contemporary fiction as a genre is so wide. Oh, and so yeah. there's a bunch of different things that we can talk about. So I'm going to mention it more later. But um, Ariana's books, the Emily Natera series, mm-hmm. those are 
I don't know. It's kind of those feel low it's fantasy. It's kind of in the me. middle. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. But that makes sense. Here's the thing, guys. It's like contemporary. It's like a contemporary world. It's a modern world, but there's magic. Um, but there's also like action elements because people hunt magical, you know, things. People, yeah. Whatever. Um, and it's been a while since I've read all my, but I do know that much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll get to that when we talk about different contemporary stuff, but. Um, fantasy doesn't just have to be, you know, what you think of when you think of a Hobbit yeah. and Lord of the Rings or A Court of Thorns and Roses. It can be very politically leaning, like the Cruel Prince. It can be very romance leaning, mm-hmm. like, I'm not thinking of one right now, but they're out there. Yeah, probably um, Akatar again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I saw, I can't take credit for this thought because I think I saw a post on it the other day, but... I think what I've found is we are notoriously not big fans of fantasy. We've said it like a billion times. However, (laughs) one of my favorite types of fantasies that I do like enjoy reading is fantasies based off like, like Larissa mentioned, mythology and folklore, but specifically of different cultures, because especially like I, 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 again, can't give you like culture based folklore. Yes. Yes. Like, um, Oh, I'm blanking on the name of it right now. I have one in my head, but I can't. I have several ideas. Yeah, I. I mean, you have natives to America. There's a lot of folklore to North America specifically. Uh-huh. Then you have like, you know, the big ones. You have Roman. You have Greek. You have Nordic. Um, there's also like a lot of Spanish folklore, a lot of Russian folklore, mm. like Eastern European stuff. There's African folklore. There's, I mean, there's so many. Yeah. I think literally That's just off the top of my head. Yeah, literally any any country throughout the world. Like there's because because I mean we're in America. We we have there's there is there is some form of culture here. It's a little weird, but we have some form of culture. But like <laughs> other cultures are so fascinating that I love seeing books written from or specifically fantasy books based off of different cultures. And that's really what I want to get into with fantasy because I'm not the biggest like I you know sue me I'm not the biggest fan of like Lord of the Rings or you know all that stuff which I need to get into it's it. Okay, our friendship won't crumble over it. Oh, perfect. I'll survive. But like. Right. And there's a there's a there's a lot of what I'm I'm sure are great fantasies that are based off like medieval medieval England medieval all that stuff and I'm sure they're fantastic. Oh, there's tons. But Most like, fantasies are based are, off medieval England. Yeah, but there are so <laughs> many I'm Eurocentric like, fantasies. Yeah, like give give me other ones. I don't need to. I don't need to read. I don't need to read anymore. I'm I'm tired. No, of, exactly. I'm tired of England. Sorry, England. But what's awesome? <laughs> no, you can. We're allowed. We're American. We are American. We were the ones who started canceling the British. Okay? I will forever cancel the British. <laughs> British people, we love you, but I need, I need I need other culture fantasies. I need other So this is also another recommendation. If you if you know fantasies that are written about other cultures, specifically from you know, yeah, not Eurocentric. Of, not Eurocentric, and specifically from authors from those cultures of those ethnicities. Yes. Recommend them to me because I need to branch out a little yeah. more and get out of that Same Eurocentric here. view. You know, so give me give me those recommendations. What's amazing about the rise of fantasy, like as a genre, because I think it has exploded. It's way more popular now oh, than yeah. it was when The Hobbit was being published. Like mm-hmm. way more, and so even when the movies were being made which I don't remember exactly when, but I do remember that my parents saw them in the movie theater and had to wait five years for the next one and hated it. 
I think it was between the second and third Hobbit movie. Whichever one ends with Smaug, like... I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I I know you don't know, but I'm (laughs) saying it for everyone else, okay? And so, and they had to wait five years for the next one. And my mother was in severe distress. Anyway, point being is that the rise of fantasy has afforded, you know, pulling up to the forefront. Mm Mm-hmm non-eurocentric fantasy stories yeah those types of cultural stories those that folklore that we don't really see unless you have to go look for it Mm -hmm. right and so even now there's probably a lot once i like if i googled it i could probably recognize a lot of the names but it's just not like at the top of my you know it's when i think of fantasy i don't think of you know non-eurocentric stories Mm -hmm. which is sad right now yeah but you know i think if i was a fantasy reader it would be a little easier. Yeah. Um, I think that, yeah, we also are just not in general yeah. fantasy readers, so right, it's kind of hard right, right. to find so, anything I mean, that's not a huge name within yeah, the genre. Exactly, exactly. But, like, historically speaking, and, you know, I have to bring this to the discussion, my <laughs> historical knowledge. Of course. Um, is, is that, like, literacy, widespread literacy, I mean, started in Europe, where the printing press was invented in Germany. Um, and so the Renaissance started in Europe and you have all of this, you know, booming knowledge, education, church and state were separating. So many things were happening at the end of the um, medieval era. Some people call it the dark ages and I really hate it when they say that. (laughs) Um, and ask me and I'll rant about it. I'm not going to do it now, but ask me (laughs) and I'll tell you. Um, that goes for anyone, by the way. I would love to rant about that. Slide into those DMs. (coughs) Yes, please. So, um, you have all of that, like, starting there. And that's where a lot of folklore and myth and legends just got written down. Mm -hmm. Right? There were, up until that point, everywhere, worldwide, just everywhere, not just Europe, was, you know, an oral-based culture. And so, the shift in that... Um, you know, was slow, but it happened. But just where it started is the most amount. It's like that's the oldest record we can find. Gotcha. And so you have like just the natural ebb and flow of information and education. And so I think that's why a lot. And plus, I mean, the British colonized everywhere. So <laughs> damn those you have British. That too. but like just like i think that's why a lot of stories like that are just so central Mm -hmm. to europe in general um is because that's i mean that's where it started gotcha nice i i i'm i want it to branch out and i mean it has it it is but um we're in the 21st century we are so cool we're working on it yeah like super super mainstream and but like it's it's a it's a good start with like just quote unquote silly things like Moana, for example. Mm-hmm. As I wasn't a kid when Moana came out, but I was not twenty years old like I am now. Yeah. Um and so well, I'm nineteen, but I'm very close to twenty. <laughs> <clears throat> Pish posh. Tomato tomato. Um <laughs> but like that brought Pacific Islander stories to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And now they're making it another Moana. And now, then you have Encanto. And then you have, you know, all this stuff. And so, sure, those stories have been around. 
But there haven't been, like, mainstream, you know, representation for kids. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're talking exclusively Disney, years. think about all of the old Disney princesses. Snow White, yeah. Aurora, Cinderella. They're all Eurocentric. Uh, all of Beauty them. Beauty and the Beast. Even Rapunzel. Rapunzel, yeah. And sure, you have, like, Mulan and Pocahontas. But out of all of, yeah, like, Tiana. the original and Tiana, they, like, those came significantly after in the thing. So oh, it just yeah. shows that we are, it may be slow, but we are progressing from what it used to be. And it's yeah. incredible to see the progression that it is now. Because, yeah, exactly. Like, now we have Moana. We have, um like, Raya and the Last Dragon, which is... Oh my gosh, that movie's so adorable. I love that one. But, like, when's the last time we've we've had some form of media... Southeast Asian in something as big as mainstream Disney like and Raya was a phenomenal was a phenomenal movie so like it the progression is it it may be slow but it is it is it's going now and I am fully here for it it's going the wheel is picking up Mm -hmm. and I think because one of the one of the another thing which is a little off topic of genres but especially just diversity that ranges within the genres like especially with something like contemporary or romance or like like I don't want to say I don't want to say genres that are typically white but because it's not necessarily true but there was definitely a pattern yeah. that it was mostly white. and now we're in a time where we have a ton of more like poc representation in contemporary in romance in all of the genres and it's like just definitely. on things and from poc authors like it's just it's just yes. really really which good. is the most important because absolutely they're fictional the, the stories these characters are fictional yes but the, the things that really matter are the people telling the stories, mm-hmm. you know, and when a kid finds this amazing new book that shows them who they are and their cultural identity, like that only carries them so far, but they can Google that author. They can see the things that that author has talked about. Right. And it's so important oh, my to have a real person, uh-huh. you know, and like the two of us as white women never have had that issue mm-hmm. in media. And it, it boggles my mind. That some kids can't see themselves. Exactly. Like, it, 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 it's saddening, but it, it it's mind-boggling yeah. to me. And I hate that it's mind-boggling. Yeah. Because for some people, it's a very real reality. But no, you're right. Fantasy, I think, especially has been one of the slowest genres oh, yeah. to, like, quote-unquote, get with the times. Mm-hmm. Um, But we were talking about it, like, 15 minutes ago. The industry is very static. Yeah. It's very slow to just you know progress so it's gonna take time for books absolutely um hollywood is a little bit quicker but but yeah but sci-fi yeah but yeah. off that romance, tangent off actually, that tangent <laughs> off that tangent that takes us into the next one really yeah. well yeah actually romance i think i have seen like i mean we've all seen those posts with like you know like oh it's black history month here are a bunch of book recommendations mm-hmm. or it's pride month here's a bunch of recommendations it's you know men's mental health month here's a bunch of recommendations so on and so forth Right, like disability awareness, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, just from my personal experience, those like kinds of posts or lists that I see, such a large portion of them are saturated with romance books. Yeah. Which is not only amazing for me because I love romance, mm-hmm. but it's amazing because you're now, I would say the most human experience is love. and It doesn't have to be platonic, it doesn't have to be romantic, it doesn't have to be any of those quote-unquote terms Mm -hmm. but everyone loves something or someone absolutely no one is completely heartless you know like you could love plants if anything else and pets right and so romance i think 
I mean, you there's only so much realism you can find in dragons. Yeah. Or there's only so much realism you can find in, like, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And that's not a diss on those genres. Yeah. But in fantasy, not fantasy, in romance, especially contemporary romance, you have this very real human experience that you're delivering. And so when you bring in all these representative forces into those stories, you're not just seeing yourself in fiction. You're seeing those people's lives. Yeah. Like, their love lives, their hobbies, their interests. You know, like, no one ever talks about the hobbies of a main character in a fantasy novel. Yeah. Unless <laughs> they don't it's have relevant. Hobbies. hobbies. They're, like, they fighting don't have dragons. Hobbies. They're busy saving the world. <laughs> exactly. But, like, in romance books, you know, like, the protagonist who, this is actually a book recommendation for anyone who wants it, The Long Game by Alina Armas. Um, the protagonist who has been suffering with his mental health and has had nightmares about drowning ever since he had an accident surfing, so he's a professional surfer. Um, loves making food. He loves cooking. He loves baking pizza from scratch, like all this stuff. And you see that all throughout the book because it's a bonding experience with him and the love interest. The also the other main character. And so it's like you get all of that mm-hmm. context. Um, so I just think it's amazing. So yeah. while we're on the topic of romance, yeah. my favorite genre. Um, it can be a subgenre. It can be a subplot. Mm-hmm. But the main thing with a romance book, the relationships will be the main plot. Right? Even mm-hmm. outside of the circumstance, you take out all the context. And if the relationship is the thing that's standing up, then it's a romance book. Yeah. Um, also, Happily Ever Afters are a big clue. Uh-huh. And I have like a very long hee 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 in the outline <laughs> because um, my books are romance mm-hmm. in a way, but I don't. Well, the first book is not a Happily Ever After. <laughs> the end of book five yeah. will be a Happily Ever After. But <clears throat> it's very, very, very important. And this is where I was talking about shooting myself in the foot earlier with (laughs) typical genre things. It's very important that you, no matter what you do in terms of genre, like, standards, Mm -hmm. that you market it according to what it is. Gotcha. If you're calling it a sci-fi action romance, like my books, you need to tell people, you don't, you're not going to tell them who dies, okay? I didn't. It was a surprise to everyone. Yeah. But I said that this was a book that, thematically speaking, you know, metaphorically and literally, dealt with mental health. It dealt with tragedy. It dealt with all of these things. It dealt with fate. It dealt with going against fate. Mm-hmm. Like, all of these things. And so it wasn't a surprise to people that the end was a little depressing. <laughs> a little. So, yeah, you know, but it, it's all about marketing it correctly. Yes, it's a romance book, and it doesn't have a happily ever after. So what? Sue me. Like, yeah. But I marketed it. I didn't mark. I didn't give people false hope. Yeah. So, and that's a very, very important distinction. Don't lose hope if what we're talking about um, isn't what you want to write, but you want to write in the genre. Yeah. You know, you don't. You don't have to follow it to that level. But what is important is being honest and marketing properly because. You're not just going to hurt your own audience or yourself or your readers by mismarketing, but, I mean, you're going to do a disservice to yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's not good either. So, yeah, that's my piece. That's my soapbox. 
here for it. Yeah, romance, romance is, and, and I, and I agree. I mean, it, it's really, it's really how you phrase it. But I think romance, again, like these things are, is very broad and can be narrowed down into other subjects because you'll see a lot of typical, like you'll see a lot of other books be a genre with romance like you know even 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 just the categorization of the book like young adult romance like it could be either contemporary young adult with romance or it's something else young adult with romance or you blur along the lines of like paranormal romance or you know fantasy and romance which is another thing we'll get to i think next um which is it's, yeah, right it's, it's, it's a good easy thing to combine with because it's it's easy it's easy as a secondary subplot it's easy to use so like romanticy which is a fun word to say is mm-hmm. i actually love saying that word romanticy it's so much fun mm-hmm. so do you want to go into word. that a little bit because i am not very well versed in romance or romanticy <laughs> um but. well i mean romanticy it's a it's a combination of the word fantasy and romance mm-hmm. obviously and so romanticy think about it the word romantic is first in the word mashup so it's predominantly romance but it's in the fantasy genre yeah which means it has the hallmark characteristics of a romance right if you take out the circumstances if the relationship is holding it up it's a romance yeah so if you took it out of the fantasy genre and it's still a romance it's rom like that's what it is but it's in the fantasy genre, mm-hmm. which makes it romanticy. Yeah. Um, I can't remember how to pronounce her last name, but there is this one author that I follow on Instagram. She's an indie author. Her first name is Vanessa. And one of her books is called Until the Stars Fall. So Google that if you want to, you know, find out what romanticy is, because most of her books, if not all, are romanticy. They look incredible. They're a little bit on the darker side for me, um, so I probably won't ever pick them up if unless I convert to romance, uh, unless I convert to fantasy reading. But um, you know, never say never. Oh, that cover uh, is so pretty! Oh my gosh, sorry, I did in fact Google it, and that is so pretty. Yeah, until the stars fall, Vanessa. Something it starts with an R. It's so it's I am I just I'm going to, to butcher it. it because it's me, but it's R A S A N E N. Rasanen? That Rasanen? sounds right. Rasanen? Something like that. But R-A-S-A-N-E-N um, is her last name. But she's an incredible writer. She's an incredible person, mm-hmm. honestly. I've followed her for a while now, and she's very well-spoken, um, very kind, very loving, but she puts boundaries down. She's she's phenomenal. Um, and I've seen snippets and stuff, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'll watch all of her reels, read all of her posts, but I just like haven't read her books yet. <laughs> um but she's amazing. She actually runs a business, um, like it's like a book subscription box, basically. Ooh. But it's specifically for indie authors. Oh, that's so and neat! With, like merch and stuff. So it's awesome. Maybe get in contact is, with her. It, it, have her on it the podcast. is focused. It is focused on fantasy, on indie fantasy books. Gotcha. Um, just from the covers that I've seen. But anyway, but yeah, fantasy romance separately is just a fantasy story with elements of romance. Yeah. So, um, if you're looking at the Chronicles of Narnia movies, because it's a lot less romance in the books, <laughs> um, if you're looking at the movies, that would be fantasy romance, because there's only just little hints, right? Um, The Cruel Prince, actually, I would argue, is a fantasy romance, as romance being the secondary genre, because it's a lot more political gotcha. than it is romantic. I haven't actually read it, but I have heard many people say that they were quote-unquote disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why it is so important that you market things correctly, because 
a lot of people were like just talking about Cardin and Jude and you know their romance when most of the plot is not about them mm. <laughs> like focusing on their romance yeah. rather and so then you end up with people disappointed and that's not a good thing yeah uh, I, I agree I think marketing your books correctly or doing like you can have very broad genres and then you can write about a wide variety of things if your genres are broad enough but like you probably shouldn't market your book as a fantasy if you have like very if you have no fantasy elements in it so it's just understanding and like understanding what you what your story has what elements it's going to use and what it's going to overall look like as you market your book as a specific genre like a very easy one because it's it because it's very broad is contemporary fiction which it's 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 kind of more modern and it's you you have a nice little phrase in here it's the no genre genre like if you don't have any I other saw that from somebody else oh perfect okay so credit to whoever else it is but like <laughs> if you if it's if it's lacking the vlog cheers oh, oh, we love Reedsy. If it's lacking those, like, very distinct and specific characteristics of, like, you know, a fantasy or a sci-fi or of a mystery or whatnot, it's probably leaning more towards contemporary, which contemporary fiction can have minor elements, I think, of quite a few things. Like, I've read a lot of contemporary mysteries or contemporary thrillers where the overall it's modern day set and there's some little bit of, you know, mystery or thing, but it's focused on a lot of characters and a lot of just tension about daily life with a little bit of sprinkles of some other things thing like whoa a little sprinkle of some other things like i think what typically would be called like a media drama like like drama genre for movies or tvs is similar to what contemporary would be within books definitely so um, like um fbi ncis those kinds of shows cop shows mm -hmm. i don't know if other like quote-unquote sitcoms those are more comedy but yeah, okay. those would definitely be comedy. And I think, again, contemporary works well with romance. I mean, if I'm thinking of TVs, I'm thinking, oh, TV and book. It's like, what's what's the um, the summer I turned pretty and to all the yeah. boys I've loved before? Very yeah, much romance, but also very contemporary because your two storylines yeah. are about lives about these kids. But then there's also romance involved. So yeah, it's what, you know, contemporary Outer romance. Outer Banks. There you go. Um, but another big one, which I know you feel particularly particular about is uh <laughs> historical fiction before before we go into that okay. literary fiction oh. is very similar to contemporary yeah. so i kind of want to bring that up mm -hmm. it's sort of the same but it's more character driven and less so by the plot right so contemporary fiction with what you said the summer i turned pretty i'm not like i haven't read or watched it I, but i do know neither. a bit about <laughs> it um but i i know it i know enough about it to know that it's driven by a lot of plot yeah. it's like a lot of circumstance rather and the romance uh you know spawns from it but in literary fiction it's more character driven it's the more artistic version it's like the artistic sister gotcha of contemporary fiction um it's got more themes like that there's a lot of personal elements very introspective characters i think lavinia in any other genre would be literary fiction yeah. just because of how she works um there's a lot of social commentary too mm -hmm. so just some dystopian stuff could fit in literary fiction if you took the dystopian out of it. Um, if anyone has read Virginia Woolf, and if you're an American high schooler, you probably have read Virginia Woolf, <laughs> she would definitely be, like, what we consider literary fiction now, mm -hmm. she would fit into that. Gotcha. Um, to the Lighthouse is, like, e the perfect example. Um, she basically invented 
well, I don't know about invented, but she <laughs> popularized, um, like the stream of consciousness type of narrative. Ah. Um, from that, from just how that um, novel is structured, how that works. Um, that was a big thing in early feminist literature, uh, romantic literature um, in the 19th century. And she started it and the Bronte sisters continued it. Yeah. Aust- Jane Austen, like, she came before Virginia Woolf, but she was, you know, she was the founding yeah. block, you know, centerpiece. And yeah. then Virginia Woolf and the Bronte sisters, and um, that's where you got that's where you get Jane Eyre, Wuthering Heights, yeah, those kinds of books. Literary fiction to me is very much classic books. Like I think literary, literary oh, and yeah. contemporary, like you said, are very similar. And I always class personal opinion. I always classify literary work, literary fiction as some of the more classic things. Like again, with other elements, but like you said, like Pride and Prejudice, it feels it's very literary to me because of the style of writing. It's it's very much a romance, you know. But like at least to me oh, yeah. the style of writing is what classifies a literary fiction because we just don't see a ton of that in modern day anymore you know what i mean we get yeah, a lot a more contemporary mm-hmm. it's a lost art i i really want to delve into the realm of literary fiction and like really explore that because i think my writing style would really work yeah and i'm discovering um this semester i'm taking a creative nonfiction class and so I'm writing a lot of nonfiction, and I'm discovering that my writing style, like, really fits in that genre, oh. but I don't actually like talking about real life things. <laughs> <laughs> so fair. Um, maybe that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier writing, being completely honest, writing is a coping thing mm-hmm. for a lot of people, myself included. It, it ebbs and flows, but, um, it's, it's... Pick your poison, right? I'm my poison is coping through the fictional writing and yeah. putting the pain onto someone else that doesn't exist, right? Taking pieces of myself, putting them on a page, yeah, which is actually one of the best character creation advices you can ever get. <laughs> Just take an aspect of yourself, put it in a mixing bowl, and come up with a character, yeah, and um, and it works, and I've done it. But doing that in nonfiction, like. I don't know. I'm a little meh. So I think literary fiction sounds a lot like nonfiction. Yeah. But it is fictional, mm-hmm. which I love. Yeah. So plus I, I'm the biggest formative book I've ever read in my life was Jane Eyre when I was in eighth grade mm. or ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And like that just formed how I write, yeah. how I process, how I read. And so Virginia Woolf, when I read to the Lighthouse the last semester, I was like, oh my god, this is Jane Eyre all over again. And so when I feel so strongly about that, I'm like, you know what? That would probably work. (laughs) (laughs) But bringing us back to, well, full circle, I guess, Mm -hmm. classic literature. Yeah, historical fiction. Oh, your favorite. Um, One of your favorites. It's probably the second favorite. Ah. Um, Yeah, I was talking to a relative about this one time. Um, and they were insisting that historical fiction is only um, about a past, like, real person mm. that has taken a fictional turn. And that if it's all fictional through history, it's just fiction. And that I was, and I quote, trying to make fiction a subgenre of historical fiction when fiction is the main genre and historical fiction is the subgenre. Mm. So, like, think about that. But it's it's frustrating because it's wrong. Yeah. Like, I get that. Fiction is the umbrella genre. Okay. Mm-hmm. And historical is underneath that. 
because you have other things that are historical but that are under the nonfiction umbrella. Yeah. You have to take the biggest umbrella and then fit the smaller ones underneath. And so mm. the two biggest umbrellas, like if you think about genre like classification, fiction and nonfiction is the first thing you have to ask yourself. And then what type of nonfiction or what type of fiction it is. Yeah. Right? Because like how else are you supposed to classify fiction stories? Right? If they for example, if it takes place in the fifteen fifties, like as a regular fiction or a fiction with romance. No, like you have to anyway, so to make it clear, historical fiction is anything fictional that can be further classified, right? Like you wanna I hate using math metaphors because I hate math. But think about <laughs> like think about um the lowest common denominator in a fraction. Like when you want to reduce a fraction all the way. Yeah. It's kind of the same with, you know, doing a genre you know, like classifying your books, any book really. And so you want to take the biggest one and you want to just go all the way down. And so you can't go any farther mm-hmm. until the elements that you can see in a book are too small yeah, to be labeled as a genre. So like you have something fiction, right? Then if it takes place in the 1550s, you're going to talk, you're going to, and it's 2024, you're going to say that's historical. Is there romance in it? Yes. No. Okay. You can further classify. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times it's up to the author because they know what's most important thematically to market. Um, But, I mean, historical fiction, like, it's not, it's not, it's fiction that's not in modern times. Gotcha. Right? Contemporary fiction. Similar to when you call things vintage, right? You typically use 40 years. Um, 20, 40, 20, 30, 40, it depends, like, vintage, antique. For antiques, it's more like 50 or 60. It depends on furniture, clothes. There's different rules. But the gist, yeah. right? But a book taking place in the 1980s could be considered historical fiction because it's 40 years ago. Which is it's terrifying, the fact that that was 40 years ago. Like, I'm not even from the 80s, but, like, <laughs> that, that's the fact Not that from the 80s. No, we are not. We are not from the 80s. Okay, but I'm from the 2000s, which is 20 years ago then. Right. Which is nuts. Which, according to clothing, is vintage. That's terrifying. 20-year clothing I hate is vintage. That. We're vintage. We're vintage, guys. This is a vintage podcast <laughs> from two vintage ladies. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Fine, yeah, so, no, it makes absolute sense. Is it terrifying? Yes, because time continuously moves. But yeah, exactly. Uh, like, oh boy, <laughs> I just got like very heated when I was talking about that. It was so difficult. understandable. I was like, like this is what I do. Yeah, this is this is my life. Yeah. Stop mansplaining this to me. Mm-hmm. Plus, and, and I mean, just historical <laughs> fiction is so fun because you can have so much fun with it. Like some things are, some yes. things are a little like you know, especially when they when they do take some historical things that are based off of true events and turn them into a fictional story. Like sometimes it's I can't say it's always fun because it's not always fun, but it's so interesting seeing <laughs> fictional perspectives as well. Yeah, um, yeah. So if it, historical fiction is fun. I I do enjoy a good historical fiction. Um, yeah, I mean, people have been doing that to historical fiction since it was around. Yeah. Right? Like, there are things that have, you know, wars, for example, um, but just, like, evolutions, you know, economic evolutions, yeah. different, like, like similar things to the Renaissance, right? Like, you have all sorts of things like that in smaller doses mm-hmm. throughout history. Yeah. You know? And so you take that context and you put your own fictional people in it yeah and there you go perfect so 
Moving on from that, one of your favorite genres, mm-hmm. mystery. I am a huge fan of mystery, uh, unsurprisingly. Mysteries, crimes, like, like crime thrillers kind of fits into mysteries, but thriller is also its own kind of broad category. But like mysteries, I mean, they focus on a mystery, like something is going wrong and the most important part of it is solving it. Like what went wrong? What happened? Like, you know, and what was going on? You know, Agatha Christie is a huge name in that, you know queen of mysteries love her um but then like you know, like traditional ones that I, you and i both grow up on, grew up on like nancy drew hardy boys i loved hardy boys yeah, for sure. and even now like <laughs> i i'll read mysteries all the time like and it's just it's just classic it's it's a very much of a plot but like those are one of the less broad subjects where it's like if you're writing a mystery you know you're writing a mystery like it's kind of hard oh, yeah. to be like oh this could be a mystery like i i I think i think it's just mysteries are just all around fun time at least you know my opinion i love them yeah me too me too but i cannot stress it enough the most important thing is solving it yeah yeah because i mean like romance happily ever after you can bend that a little Mm -hmm. but mystery is just like such a focused yeah like or you need to have a really good reason yeah 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 like really yeah you can objectively do anything but like yeah, or like a solve, like a non-solved solve. Yeah, mm-hmm. a non-solution solution, a, a non-answer. Bittersweet solution. Yeah, like you could answer all of our questions, but not have them actually solve the mystery. Yeah, mm. it's about Ooh, it's tasty. about it's about how you frame it. Yeah, I like <laughs> that. Sorry, I picked that up from my sister because she does that all the time now, and now I'm catching myself <laughs> doing it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's <laughs> like mm. that's I've yeah I've. Ridiculous. My sister is guilty of that too. For me, she started saying "slay," and now I can't stop saying it. <laughs> um, another another big one, which is kind of or less less big, but action action like it can be a main genre. I think, especially in books, it's hard to find like just action. I think they're more classified as action adventure because that's where you get like yes. your you know the survive in the jungle type of things and it's action adventure but action can also mix in with uh, a few categories of thrillers which we'll get to in a second too um but it's just it's there's they can, a like, lot mix of... in with fantasy and sci-fi too exactly there's a lot of action elements in other genres of books like you you can have a a, a, a like you said like a historical fiction that has some you know it's set in a specific time period where there's a lot of action or you can have a fantasy that's re- like revolved. wars or sword fights exactly or you know things like that laser guns <laughs> laser guns that's action pew, pew. um <laughs> pew, pew. that's action <laughs> that is action um so i think that's that one's that's that's another less broad one and more of you know you find that in a lot of things but you can also have just a straight yeah. up like action book you know there's there's yeah. not that needs to exist it does i'll write it one day maybe i'll have maybe i'll have to take that maybe mantle. maybe but another going back broader i think is thrilling actually one day i will because i have an idea that was the new book idea that i have been forgetting to tell you about Mm. oh yeah i'm gonna write an action book that reads like a mission impossible movie like a james bourne oh that'd be so good why did i say james bourne jason bourne (laughs) james james bond it's not my fault it's jb it's it's the same most famous male dominated spy movie franchises of all time (laughs) it's not my fault not your fault god larissa god catch up not so i will do it one day but yes thriller oh yes talk about that i love thrillers i started (laughs) i started reading thrillers when i started picking up more adult books and i think it's one of my favorite like 
I don't know. I see a lot of books that I read have genre in there. Gen- or th- sorry, have thrillers in there as a genre. Um, thrillers are s- broad and specific at the same time because thrillers can be a part of other um, a part of other dramas like mystery thrillers, crime thrillers, stuff like that. But it can also be its own type of genre. Like you get like spy thrillers and like political thrillers um, in which it's it's a simultaneously a big and small umbrella. I really like that umbrella. Like um, <laughs> the uh, umbrella analogy. Yes. Thank you. Um, so and then you have things like psychological thrillers and horror thrillers um, or horror and thriller in the same book as two separate genres. So like or my mom's favorite type of book, like her favorite genre is like action mystery thrillers. They're that same. Like I love those. That is her favorite thing. She is constantly reading mystery thrillers. Yes. Yeah. Another constantly. another one never thought never. Well, as a kid, I didn't realize I think I'd enjoy but like legal thrillers. Like, 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 mm-hmm. we're, we're a lot of, like, those legal type shows, like, 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 what, Law, like Law and Order SUV, but as a book, ooh, I eat those up. They're so that good. So, like, thrillers can have a lot Very of- episodic format. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, I know, I know, um, at least is it John Grisham wrote, like, a legal thriller, like, YA series, um, that I- I don't know. That I, like, I ate up. It was, it was fantastic. Um, I haven't read it in, like, God knows how long, but <laughs> when I, I liked it when <laughs> I was a kid, so, um, but- Well, there you go. You know, thrillers have a lot of actions that, you know- build a lot of suspense this kind of suspense and thriller go hand in hand like that is the critical part to having a thriller is that suspense factor in whatever way you have it show up um and and a lot of cliffhangers as well because it's super fun and it just helps with the suspense but it doesn't necessarily end the same way horror novels do which do you want to go about horrors yeah sure yeah yeah horror really builds like on emotions and tone and mood it's a big on building that terror building that emotion um setting and characters don't matter as much because you can have horror in any genre Mm -hmm. but i but horror does exist on its own yeah um i think most typically it it exists with contemporary fiction yeah um it doesn't really matter as long as the book moves around something horror inducing Mm -hmm. right it's more about the context than it is about the setting um there are lots of different kinds of horror actually and that mostly depends on like time, context, setting. Um and so that that can be not tricky, but you can really narrow it down. Um gothic horror is one. Mm-hmm. If you honestly gothic horror is I think where horror in books started. Gotcha. Which goes all the way back to Victorian literature. Um horror really took its roots there. Gothic horror. That has a lot of supernatural and fantasy elements. Where, like, gross-out horror is another one, as you would expect, is supposed to gross you out. Like, it's supposed to make you want to vomit. Yeah. Um, and ho- gross-out horror can exist, I find, in a lot of sci-fi stuff. Um, because they can go hand-in-hand. Hand. Yeah. But, yeah, so I think I think that wraps up thrillers and horrors and stuff like that yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in real quick because currently the beanie the current whip that i'm working on is a psychological horror psychological horror which is yeah. a very interesting combination for I know, someone I, can't I didn't think i would mention that earlier yeah it's a very interesting combination for someone who has not ever written written horror or psychological thrillers or anything like that before but i am like i i wrote i have it written out in all my outlines i'm like make this shit as scary as possible <laughs> Well, because i'm trying to really because there's 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 other john i haven't quite figured out how to entirely like 
categorize my book as uh, in one yeah. genre, but there are definitely horror and psychological elements to it. Um, but I'm trying to figure out what the main thing because it's also a little bit of a comedy. Like, there's, well, it sounds like, like there's, it sounds like thriller is probably the best. Thriller probably is way to do it. Um, the biggest number. So it's 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 a little it's a little interesting. Um, but I'm I'm a lot working of thrillers out have there. comedy in them too. Yeah. I think I think that's I think it's a little bit of both. So I'm not 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 quite sure how it's going to work there, but I know <laughs> it will have a lot of that. Yeah, I've started reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, the B and E. It was sent to me, and then I forgot about it, <laughs> and so I have since started it again. Yay. But I'm like beta reading something else. Yeah, and it's just like life. No worries. I so am I need also to pick it back up. Currently rewriting it. So. <laughs> <laughs> It literally just like copy and paste like the difference okay, we'll in do. that document and what I, I don't care at all. We'll do. Anyway, but it is absolutely phenomenal oh, and it is definitely comedic. Yeah. Also. Oh, it's definitely so. funny. And I'm kind of interested to see like the devolving of that because it's going to get darker and darker and darker. Yeah. No, it <laughs> And it I is. imagine a little less ironic, a little less funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited about that. Indeed. But um, yeah, we mentioned dystopian. Haha, ha, we're pulling legs. We are going to. <laughs> we are pun intended. We are going to cut it off there, and give you guys a part two. We did this for our trope episode. <laughs> well, no, hey, we are just we're in living the summer in the because element. we went so long. We did go on that one, but we are living in the element of thrillers. We are building that suspense by giving you a we're cliffhanger. So you'll just have yeah. to wait till the next episode to hear about the rest of our genres. But what this gives you the opportunity to do is send us the genres that we haven't talked about so far, which we have a couple other ones that we're working on it, and some other ones that you enjoy or read or write. Like, send us the genres that you listen, that you... No matter how niche. Mm -hmm. I think it would be funny if we went into a a couple other, like, really, really specific genres. Like, (laughs) I might be looking into a space western right now, um, because that sounds so exciting. We we can totally talk about a space western. So, if you have any... genres that you like or read send them to us and we'll try to talk about yeah them. anything that's super niche like atypical like yeah definitely that'll be awesome and then if you also have like book like yes examples, book recommendations like, have, like hey this is you know this really niche weird blend and whatever mm-hmm. we're like oh that's really cool and then we can talk about that specific book so Perfect. um yes yeah and yeah we did we did this in the summer when our trope episode went like so long. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like double our typical length. It, it was, it, and it, it, we it, still it, had a part two. Yeah, and that was a surprise. Yeah, we genuinely were like, "Oh, we can't finish this." So we're also going, "Oh, we can't finish this for this one." So mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about dystopian. We're gonna talk about women's fiction. We're gonna talk about LGBTQ fiction. We're gonna talk about magical realism, which was one of those kind of niche ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, comedy. We'll talk about nonfiction stuff and all of what that means and poetry some of my favorites and other things but that is it for today thank you guys for listening Good healthy hour-long episode for your listening uh pleasure that was, that was all yeah <laughs> and we will see you in two weeks for part two of this episode thank you for listening stick around if you want to hear more about our current projects and what's happening in the writing community current projects i have been burning to tell people about this i am finally going to become a stranger things fic writer hell yeah the day has come (laughs) 
and by that I don't mean it's actually published. But you're starting um, it. But I have a brainchild. <laughs> so it's a thing. Um, it honestly, it was just a matter of time. And like a week ago, like a week before I came up with this, I was like, it's it's going to be eventually. Like, I know it's coming. Like, uh, and then I spoke it into existence, basically. Um, because I've been on a Conan Gray kick and I just listen to songs until I beat the dopamine out of them. <laughs> and so I have been listening to Wish You Were Sober. Oh, like, I love that one. Twi- like three times a day or more and just like i and my brain just went with it as you should and i was like this is Stephen eddie and i can't get it out of my head so <laughs> that's what it is i love it and it started as like one or two chapters and then i was talking to my resident stranger things expert violet um <laughs> violet burns and i was like i love violet you oh my god she's amazing i was like i have questions because I only know what's accurate in fix or what's not accurate in fix. Mm. And so I'm like, wait, does this person actually die? <laughs> <laughs> of like, I mean, like, I, I context clues, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah. so I was just like, wait, age-wise, like, senior year-wise, like, what is going on here? And, you know, all this stuff. Because so many things in fix, like, you just operate under the assumption that everybody knows already. Yeah. So you don't actually explain it. And so, like, the fall of King Steve, for example, like, I knew it happened, I just had no idea how. Uh, so it's like, I need to know why, yeah. and I need to know, like, the timing, because I know what happened, I just, you know. Anyway, so, if you are a Stranger Things fan, and you are a Steady fan, and or both, um, then stay tuned, I suppose, because it <laughs> it was gonna be, like, a two-chapter thing, and now it's probably gonna be, like, ten. Ooh. <laughs> I love that, though. I'm so here for it. It won't be giant. But it is, yeah. I love it's it. It's actually, yeah, it's amazing. Heck yeah. I I will read it. I'll read it as soon as I get an ounce of free time. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be me um, writing it. Oh, fair, fair. As soon as I have an ounce of free time, I'll write it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm in the same boat. Not with the steady fix, but I am not currently working <laughs> on anything because I don't have time for it. But when I am semi working on it. I am actually completely focused on the B and E, which is a new for me. Um, because oh, I am so never. obsessed with the concept that I I need to make it work somehow. So I slightly I'm working on my first draft and I am rewriting my first draft because I'm insane. Um but like I've got I've got an outline all out. I have a nice new spreadsheet for it. Um which I do have to actually I have a shout out because this person was incredibly helpful with actually getting it. Um, Kyla, who is at Daydreams Into Stories on Instagram, has a, um, like, I saw one of, uh, I saw I saw one of her reels uh, a while ago, and she had like a, just like a printout of this big spreadsheet. And of course, you know me, I'm obsessed with the spreadsheets. And so I ended up talking with her, and uh, and she was was telling me about how she uses the save the cat method with a spreadsheet format to outline her books. And I was like, that's genius! You gotta help me out. So she sent me a template copy of the uh, of the um, of the spreadsheet, and it has been working phenomenally. So gotta shout out Kyla, uh, gotta shout her out because she's been absolutely incredible with helping with that and it's helped me replot the B&E. So um, if you're interested, go follow her stuff. She's super cool. 
Um, and she has a lot of good writing tips. And so that's my little shout out for today because she seriously, seriously helped me like replot the B and E. So now, now I have that, and it's super neat. And now I have a replotted version of the B and E, and it's terrifying Woo-hoo! because I'm, I'm, I'm making you it. Change I'm making it. No, I'm making it scary. It's scary. Um, this is, it is, it is it was already depressing. Now you're making it scary. Oh, it is. It's scary. It is going to be a horror book for a reason. <laughs> but anyway, that's what I'm working on, but I'm not actually working on it because I don't have time for it. But hopefully soon, <laughs> hopefully soon. It's like in the limbo. It is. It is fun. Anyway, yeah, that's how I feel. That's, uh, that's what we're up to. So, um, that's us. We will, uh, we'll see you guys around. Talk to you later. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can give us a follow over on Twitter at BNHD, the books pod, behind without the vowels, for live updates and contact with us. And you can rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. If you want to support me on Instagram, you can find me at larissagault.author and my books and links at www.larissagaultauthor.com. And you can find me on Instagram at LJ underscore writes with two S's. This podcast is hosted by Larissa Galt and LJ Elizabeth, edited by LJ Elizabeth with music by Larissa Galt. Logo is designed by Susan Markloff.